0: What is happening everyone? Welcome again to The Window, Canada Sports Betting Podcast. The March Madness Preview presented by Cool Bet continues. Ahead on today's episode of The Window, this is your big boy. We're going deep into the bracket with Drew Dinsick, host of the Deep Dive podcast and YouTube stream, Memories of Years Past, who he likes to win the tournament and a handful of picks for the first round and beyond. Then Sheldon Alexander also returns to the show and we discuss March Madness and recreational betting culture in the way only he knows how. Then we plow through his bracket and look at how he takes the tournament day by day. Buckle up. This is a long one. It's time to head to the window. Let's go. Welcome to The Window. I'm your host, Matt Russell, and our first guest today, he's the man of a million gigs. You may know him as Whale Capper. You may know him from the Deep Dive podcast and YouTube channel, by the way. You may know him from his critically acclaimed appearance on this show from back in November. We didn't scare him away, so he's making his triumphant return on the most fun week of the year for people of our ilk. It's Drew Dinsick. Welcome back to The Window, my man.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a great, great uh, opportunity to connect last uh, October. It feels like it wasn't even that long ago, it was like six months ago. Yeah, but that was a a super fun interview. I absolutely enjoyed chatting with you and uh, glad to see you guys are continuing to grow and, and create useful content in this space. I love it.
0: Oh, thanks, pal. Appreciate that. Um, we'll take that high and then we'll bring it down all the way to the, ba- the bottom and we'll br- I'll bring ourselves back up. So, you know, obviously it's, you know, March Madness Week and we're all pumped up about it. Part of the reason we're pumped up about it is because it's not just been 360 some odd days. It's been 730
1: some odd <laughs> days. Um, yeah. Do you
0: remember where you were last year when it all stopped? Like, do you have that moment seared into your brain the way I do?
1: i definitely do um and I, I yeah the the last uh the last sporting event i went to was uh, a celtics jazz game <laughs> like okay. march 10th like right before like and I, that was like the press conference i think afterwards where rudy was touching all the you know the microphones yep. and it was like you know we was right on the cusp of of it all <laughs> crashing to a, uh, you know crashing to a halt and I, you know, I, they they canceled all the tournaments, you know, all the, all the conference tournaments, you know, some in progress, and it was like, okay, no, this is now March. I wonder if they're going to get March Madness off at all. And then it was like, right. well, you know, two days later, it was like, oh no, no, there's no chance. They're like, are we ever even going to have sports again? You know, like right. I definitely think the fact that they got a season done this year is probably uh, it was probably an underdog at that time.
0: Absolutely, and I and I on the podcast yesterday, I talked to uh, Brad Fay, who does the hosting for the Raptors, and he was, you know, he sort of reminded me that like when this first happened, we were like, oh, that'd be Madness.
2: like that sucks, yeah, uh, yes, like, yes <laughs> right? right, like that
0: was our biggest issue at the time was like, oh, darn, the cheering won't be where it needs to be for our enjoyment as we see this um, at home, uh, but you know what, we're back. We've gotten everything back except for this, which, you know, kind of makes that sort of even more special. The games are super fun this past weekend. I know you focus more on the NBA when it comes to your betting. But what's your excitement level to have this event back in our lives? And where are you with your interest in betting in it and partake in, in that
1: sort of thing? Sure. So I'm uh, I'm at an eight in terms of having it back. It's a, it is <laughs> okay. at a an you know, eight out of ten. I wouldn't say... Uh, I wouldn't say this is my favorite betting event of the year. In fact, uh, I would probably put it in the top five, you know, know, but, uh, I would put the master's weekend ahead of it. Um, there are a couple of other things this year in particular that I'm excited about that, you know, like Euro 2020, this summer is going to be super fun Mm -hmm. to bet on. And the the Olympics is going to be fun to bet on and. You know, and, and for sure, college basketball is kind of at the outer orbit of what I pay attention to. So, yeah, you're right. It's not like at the very top of my list, but uh, this will be the uh, I would have I almost said this will be the 20th year, but I guess it'll be the 19th because we didn't have one year. But uh, the first <laughs> the first tournament I remember making the first sport I ever bet on was college basketball uh, back in 2001. Yeah. And uh, so this will well, be we talked yeah, about 20 your, years uh, ago.
0: We talked about your big West. Uh, yeah, places. Long Beach State. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah. First First. First uh, sports bet I ever made was Long Beach State college basketball. So yeah, no, I mean I, I have a, a long storied history of betting, uh, betting the tournament. I'm going to have a lot of action in game by game. I'm going to have probably three or four bracket pools uh, at stake. Uh, I'm going to do my, the the most time and effort I put into it is uh, I do one uh, big money Calcutta every year where we okay. are, uh, where we're you know we're we're the pot the pot will, will should should eclipse six figures pretty comfortably and uh that's going to be a fun uh fun activity nice any survivor pools how do you do survivor and is i feel like there would be a bunch of ties are you
0: unfamiliar with this no Oh no no, it's the exact opposite. It's the absolute insanity. We, I've been I'm seven years in, this will be my, our seventh season, if you will. Uh, I hate that we have to couch that all of a sudden. Um, this will be my seventh year running it. And it never makes it to the Elite Eight. Really? Because there's always something that happens in the Sweet 16. And I'll tell you this uh, this other point of interest is we do rebuys uh, after Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. So, there 's different strategy, like do you tank the first two days because when you rebuy, you get your all the teams available to you again
2: oh but sure
0: you 've had to pay more right and so by Sunday morning, all the rebuys are done, and then from there on it 's you know last man standing and even though it 's just sunday 's games and i 'm saying this under the, under the traditional schedule, obviously it 's different this year um after sunday's games and then after like thursday's games there's always enough upsets that maybe there's a couple of people left on friday of the sweet Sixteen. that's amazing but like yeah it is a
1: wild so you gotta because put you have in to pick a pick two. every day you gotta pick make a pick, pick every day so you need two, two. per. uh oh, two every
0: two day. per day oh, yes
1: geez. oh okay oh yeah wow yeah.
0: <laughs> so you end up sort of building okay. up your bracket in that same way but you know obviously there's a ton of strategy and you can. You you know, you can save teams, you can not save teams. Mm. A lot of the times the person who ends up winning, so you go, okay, well, there's rebuys. So, you know, you're sort of buying your way to, you know, extended life, if you will. But what ends up happening is the people who don't have to rebuy actually get themselves into a corner Sure. where they have to take an underdog on Thursday or Friday. Yeah. And then like the Syracuses of the world end up winning that Thursday. Uh, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden like, oh, okay. I kind of backed my way into winning this whole thing. That's what, that's what tends to happen. I would say five out of the six times, that's exactly mm. uh, what's happened. Well, hey. I,
1: I, I have a perfect bracket, so I probably would be fine. I'd make it to the end, for right. sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Right. And that's, uh, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, yeah, you could have a really, really good bracket. Right. But it's like the one game that you get wrong uh, might knock you out of the survival oh, pool boy. at that time. So, um, you know, I think last time we talked, we talked about memories of bets and sort of being inherently negative because that's just what we do as betters. Right. Like we remember the time we were so close, um, but hopefully you have a positive one or two to share From the tournament. And so do you remember a big bet that you may have had or a bracket contest that swung on a particular play or game? You know, like we have all these memories of great moments in tournament history, but as betters, we kind of have our own that are lost to history at times. Do you have
1: any of those? Um, I definitely my my most memorable experience first year I went to Vegas for March Madness. I was there for Sweet Sixteen weekend. It was the year that Illinois played Arizona in the sweet 16 mm-hmm. and they went like two overtimes or something crazy like that and classic it was, I was yeah. such a good game and um i did not do you know I, I did well playing the games and then gave it all back and then some at the tables obviously because that's how <laughs> yep. that works yep. and, and then yep. sunday uh right before we were ready to like waiting you know w- waiting and waiting to the very last minute to get in the cab to go to the airport, uh, watching Michigan State Duke. And I had a massive, massive number on Michigan State to try to help make me whole (laughs) before I got (laughs) on the airplane to leave Vegas. And I was like, well, I'm either going home even or I'm going home having lost. And uh, yeah. you know, it was like it back, back, That that the game just dragged out to the you know to the very last possible minute, where we almost missed our plane. Sure. But uh, Michigan State covered. I got my uh, I got made whole, and then uh, I got a dodge. So that was the most fun uh, for kind of first ever experience. And uh, you know, if you haven't been to Vegas for March Madness, uh, you know I, I, you can't go wrong picking either the first weekend or the Sweet Sixteen weekend. It's so fun. And uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna miss it this year, but I'm absolutely sure. going 2022, no doubt
0: right on yeah absolutely so let's take a look at this bracket then and let's kind of get into it Uh, we would be betting here and you know sort of what we're looking at so you know i kind of asked you to you know we're not going to go game by game necessarily we'll be here all day um you know what do you have from an upset standpoint in the first round right there's a ton of different you know listen by the time you get to tuesday by the time you get to wednesday and you talk yourself in and out of all of these teams right like it's like ohio's definitely going to win and then you go wait a minute everybody thinks ohio is going to win like ucsb is definitely going to win. everybody thinks that and by the time you're done it's like winthrop's definitely going to win colgate's definitely going to win you're like i i don't even know if anybody's going to win anymore right because we've all decided that these teams are going to win so uh simply put, who's going to win which of these will we be backing in the mind of drew dinsick
1: well, I hate Ohio. I think Virginia, even without the practice, uh, Ohio, I think is, is just uh, they kind of fit exactly the um, the resume of a, of a public uh, dog that just gets absolutely smoked. Um, so mm, I think okay. I think that I, that is a clear stay away from me. Um, don't hate UCSB. I do think you know it's better to take the points than back in money line there, in my opinion, in a lot of these spots. Sure. Um, but that's too many points. I think UC, UCSB is is uh, underseeded, and I think Creighton is over-seeded. Uh I have no opinion on Villanova Winthrop, uh, but the you know the dog that I do think uh, absolutely is being overlooked is North Texas, uh, thirteen oh. seed. That's kind of my my uh, my look as a Cinderella. If you said. You can only have one double-digit team make the Sweet 16. Who's it going to be? I'm probably picking North Texas. Some of that is because I like that little section of the bracket. I like them, uh, particularly matched up against Purdue. You got a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you got a, a veteran team there. You know, four of the starters are seniors. The fifth starter is a junior. Their sixth man is a senior. Like they, they, uh, they played some pretty inspiring ball down the stretch too. They beat a, pr- a really good Western Kentucky team to make uh, to punch their ticket. And sure. uh, I think at 13 they were underseeded. Like this is a team with a resume that could. Could have been an 11 or a 10, uh, just in terms of talent, but nobody's ever heard of North Texas, so they stick them in 13 <laughs> and they give them Purdue. And in general, Red. I think, uh, you know, the Big Ten, like, were they the best conference top to bottom? Obviously. Uh, hmm. d- you know, does the fact that uh, they were constantly on ESPN and everyone's <laughs> talking about how they're the best and who's going to win this conference? It's really close. Hmm. Like, did that in general inflate the market's opinion of the Big Ten? I would say so. Uh, so I think uh, of all of the, the um, potential Cinderella's, North, North Texas is my, th- those are my dudes.
0: Okay. I mean, the thing with the big 10, right. Is like, is there anything that gets more hype that an actual championship in over 20 years? Great right? like It's uncanny, <laughs> right? It's just, you know, I, I, at some point we have to just go like, It doesn't work, right? It doesn't work out um for the Big Ten. Now listen, I'm a huge Illinois backer here from back in August when I have them at seventy five to one to win the tournament. So like I'm hanging on by a thread here uh when it comes to sort of backing the idea of big the Big Ten as a champion. But, you know, eventually you sort of have to go the whole thing is a little bit overrated but they do uh well enough that i i, I can get out of that if i need to come uh, come the final four I love uh it. so going through you know obviously we don't need to go through the, the meat of the bracket necessarily and maybe it's a matter of sort of telling us your final four and then kind of going like wait you're sure. missing a one seed, like how did, you know, how did that happen type mm-hmm, of thing mm-hmm. so like if you want to just sort of go and give us your final four and then sort of say how, you know, the obvious pick in that region didn't make it if that's the case unless you're a one sure. seed all the way guy no, in which no, case no, we no, can no. stop this whole thing right no, now no, 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 no.
1: No, 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 no. Um, I'm a one seed all the way in the West. I mean, the West yeah. is the West. They basically gave the Zags a bye to the Final Four, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, okay. I don't see much competition in there, and in fact, I do. I do see a little nice arc with Virginia, though. Like uh, Virginia's okay. being Virginia's being sold. You know, everyone wants Ohio. I think Virginia uh, can can you know can get by that Ohio team, and if they if they're a discount again round two, I think they're a bet on again. Uh, but then. You know come sweet 16 people are gonna kind of be like oh wow well we underrated Virginia now maybe they are the team that can challenge Gonzaga and you're probably gonna get a little bit sure. of a sell high spot on Virginia there and you can just lay the wood on Gonzaga in the sweet 16 so that'll be a fun little arc mm-hmm. in the West but I do think I don't I don't even know who challenges them realistically I think uh, they you know, they probably went by double digits in every one of these uh, four games on their way to the final four and then South I think is pretty similarly chalky for you know for Baylor coming out of there but it's not as much mm-hmm. because I I think Baylor is a truck. Like, I mean, I like Baylor. Like, yes, like they have, uh, you know, they have the yeah. right recipe not to get upset, in my opinion. Like they don't turn right. the ball over. They create turnovers. They can shoot the three exceptionally well. So it's like, even if they're down, you know, even if their backs against the wall, to so the likes of a Wisconsin or a North Carolina, if their backs against the wall to so the likes of a, uh, an Ohio State or Arkansas, like they're going to be able to get back into those games because they can create turnovers and they can shoot the three. So I think Baylor mm-hmm. comes out of the South. And realistically, I, I can see the South just being chaos besides Baylor. Like I mentioned, right. Texas, I think, can get to the Sweet 16. Uh, I, could see, I, I could see any number uh, of, uh, of teams emerge from that bottom. I think that bottom is pretty weak, honestly.
0: What do you think of Virginia Tech in that bottom? Huh.
1: Uh, why not? I mean, honestly, I think, right? I, I think Ohio State is beatable. I think Arkansas is beatable. I think Texas Tech is beatable. Um, and, uh, yeah, there, there's going to be some chaos and carnage there. I would, be, I would be very surprised if the South is chalk that uh, yeah. I'm, like shocked if it's and, if it's shocked yeah
0: and you know as we're looking for sort of these double digit seeds that are going to make a little run you know get an upset here or there you know obviously the small schools is sort of the attraction right that Cinderella type story and i'm a reformed gators better from you know the last 5 years basically right sure. like i always overestimate you know the gators are going to pull it together the gators are going to pull it together cuz they always seem to have all the pieces and it just sort of never translates. So I've sort of done a 180 when it comes to Mike White and his general ability mm. as a coach and this Virginia Tech team obviously a couple of covid pauses but you watch them especially in the first half against North Carolina and you're like they got a lot of dudes. They got a lot yeah. of dudes on this team. Now yeah. they were back from a covid pause and they sort of, you know, sort of fell apart against North Carolina in that game. But like you could sell me on them beating Ohio State. You sure. could sell me on them beating Texas Tech and Arkansas. And I think that they have sort of a side chance at making the regional final there. The one thing about Baylor I wanted to ask you about because I, think sure. I you know you're high on Baylor. I think a lot of people that you know I think both of us sort of respect in this industry you know kind of rely on this concept of a formula for you know what a team is right the makeup of that team and they sort of and baylor doesn't necessarily qualify under these sort of big picture metrics and i know you're just sort of saying you know, we don't know who your champion is just yet here but you know what do you what sort of credence do you put into that idea that there's only eight teams that can actually win this based on you know a subset of criteria
1: in a normal year i would give that plenty of weight in a year like this i throw it right out the window
0: Right. So do I. Absolutely. Because, you know, sort of what I was going to say, if you had said, you know, the other the other thing <laughs> is uh, and I think that so we probably agree is like, yeah, like, how can we base a lot of these metrics? And, and maybe that's inclusive of Gonzaga, though it's a little bit different because they've done a better job of, quote unquote, staying healthy for, you know, however lucky that may or may not be. But you see some of these teams, you go like, how am I supposed to rate Baylor? Like, sure, maybe they showed up with the full team in the last three or four games of the season but like they weren't that version of that team yeah and,
2: that's
1: right
0: right and three yeah. weeks ago we were like all de- we all decided that gonzaga and, and baylor were going to just be in the final and then you know there was that week where like maybe michigan's the number one team in the country right like that was a fun week for everybody involved and then it was like well illinois is really good and of course i'm already on board in the illinois train in general but it's like that was only a couple of weeks ago that Baylor and Gonzaga were considered this, you know, sort of two horse race. And it's just funny that the, that sort of concept of the big picture metric um, is eliminating them. And, you know, we got a lot of teams. We just talked about Virginia Tech as having this mess of the season. But if they're healthy, if they're good to go now, you know. <laughs> baylor virginia tech whomever like this is a different deal so um i'm happy to hear you say that because obviously i know that you sort of you know are big uh metrics and numbers yeah every, everybody there comes the yeah, point right. right
1: everybody's schedule got totally totally uh you know thrown into a blender this year and you know to mm-hmm. use any type of season-long metrics you're assuming that you had the same stable team for the entire season which in a case like baylor you know you didn't and in fact before they yeah. took their COVID pause like that was a team that I would have said, nope. The market is short on them. This is your, this should be your favorite. Uh, and mm-hmm. then they, you know, they go through the pause. They come out of it. Their defense is all falling apart. Like the guys look like they're a little out of shape. They didn't practice during the pause. Like none of that is shocking, right? But they, they were, they right. were afforded this path in the South where I think over the first two weeks they can play their way into shape. And I, I will not be surprised if you see Pete Baylor come Final Four. And and for that reason, I, in a couple of pools, I'm going to have them as my pick.
0: Yeah, and there, you know, I sort of use the ESPN Who Picked Whom um, chart there, which sort of gives you an idea. Oh, of who yeah, people are picking right, and like it's like nine percent are picking Baylor to win. Shuck. If you, to- if you had told me that three <laughs> weeks ago, I'd be like, "What the hell happened?" To Baylor? Right? <laughs> yeah,
1: like, of course.
0: <laughs> did somebody die? Like you shouldn't say that, I suppose, uh, about Baylor given their history. But um, as I, you know, digress, um, Midwest. Then um, you've got you know Gonzaga and Baylor up at the top there. Uh, unless you want to, you know, go to the east first if you have some sort of particular oil or, uh, order. But I am interested in your take in Illinois. Sure. Um, just
1: for my own selfish purposes. Um, but
0: overall, yeah. In that uh, in that region, what do you like?
1: Yeah, I mean the Midwest is absolutely loaded. Um. Yeah. My numbers on Houston are like outwardly good, um, right. but obviously when you adjust for how weak their schedule was, it is a little bit of a question mark, right? And uh-huh. um. I was really hoping they would have put Houston in Michigan's region as opposed to Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> I like how Houston right, matches right. up against
0: Michigan I have a better. lot of issues, yeah. Uh, yeah, if, yeah. And, and honestly, the airing of the grievances. Yeah, yeah for it, sure.
1: The Midwest, you know what? It felt like if you want to take the opinion that the conference selection committee is like malevolent and that they're trying to like screw over the small guys who, have, who otherwise would have a chance, Like, look no further mm-hmm. than the Midwest. Like they put Loyola Chicago up against Georgia Tech, even if they win that game, they got to play Illinois round two. Like that's brutal. They put uh, yeah. Liberty yeah. as a thirteen underseeded them against Oklahoma State, who's underseeded as a four, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma State is like the worst possible matchup for Liberty. Like Liberty and any other of these yeah. kind of mid-tier matchups, even up against like some sevens and tens, I would be like, oh yeah, no, no doubt. Right. Like this is. Uh, you know they they uh, they are going to make a little bit of a run here and uh but Oklahoma State is brutal matchup for them so it's 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 rough and then sim- similarly San Diego State, I love San Diego State like their metrics sing to me. I have them as a top fifteen team in the, in the uh, but they seated them as a six they got to play Syracuse number one Syracuse obviously plays right. a very unique defense, which can you know throw some teams off and then then they got to go through West Virginia and Houston all just to make the elite eight to play Illinois. All right. And so it's like, <laughs> right. you know, you know, a team like San Diego State who's, you know, who pretty clearly is, you know, a top top I, I almost think they're top 10 honestly. And mm-hmm. and their path here to the national title is Syracuse, West Virginia, Houston, Illinois, Baylor, zags like okay good luck like you just yeah go ahead, go ahead and beat like every other good team in, in uh, college basketball right. like it's crazy so um i i uh, i re- realistically i think houston is good enough to get out of this conference but uh, i think you could pretty much do a coin flip on houston san diego state in the uh, sweet 16 and i think you could do a coin flip on uh, illinois houston in the elite eight uh, i don't really know if oklahoma state is good enough to challenge illinois in that sweet 16 1-4 matchup um my guess right. is that Illinois is, you know, is is you know, a class above, and that Oklahoma State's defense is going to let them down at some point. Um, but Cade Cunningham mm-hmm. is fun to watch, and he's pretty clearly going to be your number one overall pick in my opinion. So, uh, I think uh, that that's going to be must watch TV. And uh, and Illinois Houston, uh, you know, it's it's tough it's tough to say one way or the other. I think I'm probably going to end up with Houston in a bunch of brackets just because they are a right. little bit of a contrarian pick. Uh, you mentioned the yeah. uh, you know the ESPN who who picks whomst? Um, you know, yeah. You... I love,
0: I love the, uh, I love the terminology. I love the,
1: uh, yeah. You know,
0: yeah. we had to get the whom in there. Yeah. Who picked whom? Right. Illinois,
1: Illinois is in 31% of final four brackets. So it's like, if you're in a bracket yeah. pool of like 20 or 50 people or something like that, you can catch a lot of ground if, if, uh, if somebody takes them down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And listen, you know, I sort of talked about my futures position on Illinois and I have a hundred to one in Oklahoma state. And so I was just mm. a guy screaming at the TV Going, you know, how did you put these, you know, these two teams in the same quarter? And go
1: ahead. You bring up a great point. If you are going to shop around before you see the bracket, you almost have to pick a conference and stay within that conference because they're not going to put like Oklahoma. Yeah, and they did. not They're not going to put Oklahoma State, Kansas and uh, and, uh, you know, Texas in the same region. They're just not. They don't want those repeats to you know for television purposes and so uh you know i I, when i'm when i'm doing future speculation before we see a bracket i'm usually just saying okay um the big 12 is underrated relative to the big 10 i'm just gonna pick a bunch of big 12 teams
0: Hmm. no that's that's a great point i mean i sort of stop about three weeks before the season or maybe even a little bit longer going like you know, by the by the time sort of the conference tournaments or even just before the conference tournaments, sort of like everybody's price is their price. There's not going to be a ton of change. Like you get to a point where outside of UConn this year, where they some, you know, they went all of a sudden from 80 to one to like 40 to one just upon an announcement of a bracket. Like they were literally 80 to one last <laughs> yeah. week. And it's not like they did anything in the Big East tournament, right? Like they didn't even make the final. It's nothing really happened. And all of a sudden they're a 40 to one shot, um, which of course, segues us nicely to the east um listen i'm guessing you know you're, you're you're correcting the whole game theory concept of houston over illinois i completely understand that obviously emotionally well not even emotionally financially like i'm i'm committed already i have that as, sort of just because illinois- i have it, i
1: have it as a coin flip game you know yeah, and if, no, if it, you can catch kind of yeah if you can catch if you can catch some E V on the field with a coin flip that that's that's the way you win a bracket pull. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. So, um, you know, logic would sort of state here that one of these number ones have to be a victim at some point here. And I think everybody, and the scary part is, right, I think everybody's now voting Michigan (laughs) as this victim, whether it's the Isaiah Livers injury or just in general, not being super sold on this team. Is that the case for you? And then subsequently... You know who's uh, who's left, right? Who's left standing here for you? Yeah,
1: I mean, basically everyone else in that bracket who's single-digit uh, seed, I think, has a chance. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I, honestly, I I, I guess yeah. I don't give LSU a ton of uh, you know a ton of credit. To I, in fact, I probably I like the Bonnies in that uh, with the points there um, to get through and play Michigan in round two. And Michigan, so Michigan makes the Sweet Sixteen. That's not a shocker. But then, right. literally two through seven. They're all legit teams. Right. Those are all right. legit. Any yeah. of those teams, I mean, none of those teams is good enough to win a national title, in my opinion, but any of those teams right. is good enough to win the Final Four uh, and to beat yeah. Michigan, you know? Yeah. And um, so it's, it's going to be a little bit of a game of trying to avoid, uh, you know, the, the popular plays here. But mm-hmm. I think I'll probably take a crack at BYU over Texas. I'll probably take a crack at UConn over Alabama. I'll probably take a crack at Colorado over Florida state. And so I'll probably, I'll have five, six, seven there. Uh, mm-hmm. one, five, six, seven there just, in, and then from there, uh, you know, I'll give Colorado the win over Michigan and then UConn over BYU, I think is fair. So then I'm at Colorado UConn. I'll, I'll put Colorado. I mean, I'll, I'll put Yukon UConn in the, uh, in the okay. final four out of those teams. And UConn looks currently like they are in, very few final fours. So that right yeah. there is a nice little differentiation, but it's going to be tough for them. I mean, I, you know, I guess, sure. Well, you know, I don't know how much college basketball you've watched, but if they had a fully healthy All team, of it. Uh, so if they if they had a fully <laughs> healthy team for the full season, what seed would they be?
0: Right? No, I mean, listen, that's, and that's why we've sort of been tracking UConn for the last little bit here since, you know, book night came back because yeah, they lost what one game with him fully healthy in the lineup up until that point and looked pretty good back in November. Um, yeah. and That's the thing though, right? Like, and all of that totally makes sense. And so from a psychological standpoint, you know, you're putting that together and you're like, okay, like I've got sort of a difference maker here in Houston. You know, I think I'm getting good value, you know, with Baylor potentially making the finals, even being the champ potentially. And you know, the Yukon thing is going to get, get me all kinds of points. And then you wake up on, I guess in this case, it's Saturday and You know, kind of your whole bracket is riding on a team that's a three-point favorite in the first round. Oh, yeah, sure. No, not just just a
1: three-point favorite, but a a very public three-point favorite. (laughs) I don't think anyone wants anything to do with Maryland, and that's always a little spooky.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's more games this year that are, like, everybody's on one side than you know it's easy to say like than ever before like that's you know super lazy but like man it just sort of seems like you can go through and just be like yeah everybody likes this team everybody likes that team and in some cases it's the underdog right everybody likes Winthrop everybody you know and we sort of talked about the idea of Ohio being this sort of super popular um, type of a play
1: Um,
0: okay so that's your final four so you know is it Baylor over Gonzaga as the champ then
1: that's I think that's where I'm going I think yeah. that's where I'm going. I think uh, and you know, part of this is not necessarily that Baylor matches up well against Gonzaga. No one matches up well against Gonzaga. To a degree, I am counting on the, the weight of the moment being a lot for a college kid. <laughs> you're, <laughs> sure. you're the Zach. You can always rely on that. You're, you're living the next three weeks in a hotel in Indiana you're going to be asked a lot of questions about what's going on. Mm -hmm. It is going to be a very tough mental experience for these kids to try to complete, uh, not just complete the, um, uh, you know, the first undefeated national championship season going back to the seventies, but, you know, to, to kind of put a, a final, uh, you know, title on this Gonzaga program, which has been so close for so long. Um, that's a, that's a ton of pressure. and Mm -hmm. you know, if they do it, well, I'd be happy and excited for them. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, does this open up an opportunity to try to capture some, uh, you know, someone else stealing this, uh, stealing this title because the Zags, uh, you know, the pressure becomes too much? I think so. Um, mm-hmm. And it, realistically, I, I may put uh, UConn over Gonzaga in the uh, in the national championship game just to see if I uh, if I can't capture a little uh, uh, a, a little plus EV there Because, you know, if well, if Gonzaga gets to the national title game, like at that point, it may be. Uh, you know, it may be too tough. You know, like the, like the spot to get right. them, the spot to get them might be that gap between, uh, you know, the March 29th game and the April 3rd game. You know, they're thinking about it, right. they're answering a lot of questions. They've done, you know, X amount, X hours of press. You know, that, that, that may be, you may want to catch them cold there as opposed to really trying right. to take them on in the title game.
0: Well, let me ask you from a strategy standpoint, right? Sure. Because, you know, say you've got UConn in the Final Four, you've done a ton. Uh, That's as far true. As po- point, uh, only 0.8% point point
1: point. Point of brackets
0: have UConn. Sure. <laughs> right. Sure, sure, sure. So you've sort of done the work there where at, where if UConn wins, you know, beats Gonzaga, even if you have Gonzaga in the final, knowing that you already have Baylor in the final and winning sure. the final, yes, like, true. does it really matter? Like, do you need, you know, like you're probably going to be in a good enough position that you're probably not going to need that risk element of, pushing uconn all the way to the final you're still going to be cheering for uconn probably right because it's obviously an easier matchup for baylor if they you know again on this hypothetical world where you know drew somehow predicted the entire bracket
1: sure Um, sure i think in this in the hypothetical world i would just be doing it because every single other person has gotten points for gonzaga getting to the final four everyone
0: Sure, and, but like you, anyone, you've sort of been even par, though, right? Like, you've been with them the whole way. Oh, sure, along,
1: like, sure, you know, sure, sure. So, so you've gained nothing on the field. Yeah, you've gained nothing right. on the field to that point. And realistically, mm-hmm. I don't even know if UConn's the right team, but I'm kind of making a bet that, oh, yeah, this is the end of the road for Gonzaga for whatever reason, right? right. And then on the other side, if I... If I, uh if I don't have – you know, Baylor ends up not being the real deal. If Illinois takes them out in the Final Four, for instance, or if they, you know, if they sure. don't even make the Final Four, um, mm-hmm. then I need to be right about UConn. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? yeah, and, you know, that They true. need to get to the final in order to level the playing field with me for whoever's on the other side of the bracket, whoever gets there.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, of course, UConn, you know, forever known as the team – that you know won the national championship sure. for one year, where you didn't need the national champion yes. to win your bracket pool, yeah, right? Like right. so, obviously right, right, right. there's some uh, there's some nice branding there for them as well, <laughs> um, doing that. So, um, do you have like first round spread bets? Anything that you love the most um, before we sort of get you out of here? Oh, see,
1: I bet North Texas uh, against yeah. Purdue. I bet San Diego State. I laid the points against Syracuse. Um, I bet. Grand Canyon. I took the points against Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the only three legit positions I've taken. I like Virginia Tech, um, but I haven't gotten involved yet. I like Virginia, but I haven't gotten involved yet. I'm going to wait until those markets kind of hit the bottom uh, before before putting in that action. Um, sure. And then, uh, yeah, it's, I th- otherwise I think the lines were pretty fair. I guess the only other kind of experience I can give you about betting the NCAA tournament, like... Anyone out there who's beating their chest about fading the public and reverse line movement and all that stuff, like, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, that's not (laughs) that's not a thing, except when it comes to these games. And I don't have a good answer or good thesis as to why. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. really get it. I don't know why these (laughs) markets are unique. Um, To a degree, because you have all of these teams that are, you know, going from conference play to non-conference, you know, maybe the market makers are a little less convicted, Uh, you know, the convictions a little lighter. Um, And so the lines tend to move. um, uh, They tend to move early in the correct direction. And then they tend to either go back in the wrong direction or way over shoot. Right. Like, right. maybe Ohio off the open was the correct direction against Virginia. Right. But once it's moved two, three points, like,
2: almost certainly
1: right. there's value coming back the other way. Right. Like, you know, like, so sure. that's, that's yep. some, some of the uh, kind of understanding the way the market is kind of uh, shaping this stuff and the way that kind of, you know, there, there, there's maybe there's so much action and there's so little information that, uh, you know, the bookmakers are just inclined to, uh, you know, hey, we're going to, we're going to write as much as we can, we don't care. Uh, and, sure. uh, you know, we'll let the market dictate what we don't care. Um, but, uh, for whatever it's worth, especially if you see late steam, like if there's late steam on a side, like, you know, right. you, you don't really even need to handicap the rest of the tournament. You can just fade that.
0: <laughs> right grab that value wherever you possibly can um you know what we did the one thing i want to ask you about just before again we i'm sort of dragging this on i uh, apologize uh we didn't talk about kansas and eastern washington um what do you have for that number given the fact yeah. that you know kansas yeah. is in a bit of a disarray situation
1: easiest one to to strike off i have i have no idea the, the just ignore the, it yeah the the players that they're missing are look to me look impactful Um, sure. I don't know anything about Eastern Washington in terms of their true strength. Uh, I think the market originally corrected fairly, and then there's a realistic possibility that it goes too far.
0: Hmm. Fair enough. Um, okay. One last question here, and this is sort of a social question. Do you have a thing that you do? you obviously mentioned, you know, going to Vegas, uh, you know, handful of times, is this an annual thing for you or is there something else? And maybe it's as simple as, you know, calling in sick on the Thursday, <laughs> and just keeping it to yourself, because that's what I do on the Thursday. I'm way more social and have sort of a standing, you know, date, if you will, with a bunch of buddies at a bar or restaurant uh, in Toronto. And that I get really pumped up about that. But like the first day, like that's for me. Right. The next day, it's like 12 hours in a bar. Okay, that's for you guys, but the first day is for me. Um, what do you have, you know, if anything at all, that it's sort of like a standing thing for the tournament? Yeah,
1: it was it was week one, week the first weekend going to Vegas. That was yeah. my deal. Um, in uh, and now, and you know, nowadays, like you know, work from home is like it's crazy. You don't, you, know, you, you yeah. I, I, I I guess like I think of like the Masters, right? And like the Thursday yeah. and the Friday of the Masters, like I just sat in my office and watched and streamed golf. Like I, yep. I, I, I was, I, I didn't even want to get up and get water. You know? like I'm, just <laughs> right. like, I'm just sitting there streaming. Like I, I just drooling, watching, watching the masters, like it, t- yeah. to a degree, uh, if it were, if I wasn't in Vegas, that's probably what I would be doing. Um, but yeah. now, now that, uh you know, that, now that there's work from home, like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pop the teams on, I'll open my email. Right. I'll sit uh, and I'll sit there and just and watch and chill, and watch, watch basketball yeah. all day. I, I'm excited for it. I tell you. And actually yeah. the schedule is a little weird. We don't get Thursday basketball this year. The
0: hell? Yeah, we get we get play-ins, um, which I suppose I should ask you if you have any bets for these play-in games because we just sort of literally I don't think mentioned any of the teams. I know Drake is sort of getting that popular. Um, you know, I haven't really heard anybody liking Wichita at this point. And I think just in general, you know, sort of talked about public and all of that kind of stuff, but like Michigan state, like, is anybody going to bet on UCLA at any point here, uh, you know, in this, uh,
1: standalone game, if you will, I can't imagine that that's not a coin flip. And so if you're going to give me two points, two and a half points, I'll probably take it. Uh, similarly, I get yeah. the Drake steam, like the, they, they, they got this guy back coming back. Who's, uh, mm-hmm. who's pretty good. And that's a tough tough to put a finger on exactly what you have with drake anyway given all their injuries so uh i didn't play anything yet but uh if i had to i would lean drake and ucla and uh it uh, i mean these i guess one of them i guess the the 16s start a little earlier in the day so it'll feel a little bit like a normal thursday but uh it is kind of it is kind of a bummer that uh, we don't get a full day of thursday basketball this year i gotta say
0: yeah, but guess what? We get Tuesday uh, Elite Eight <laughs> a
1: week and a half from now,
0: sure. two weeks from now. It's going to feel so, weird. I guess. Right? <laughs> sure. sure. Whatever. You know, again, if, this is, if these are the things that we're complaining about, Drew, we're going to be just fine. Great point. Uh, he's whale underscore capper on Twitter. Check out the Deep Dive channel on YouTube uh, with Andy Molitor, who may or may not be making an appearance later on this week on The Win. Uh, it's a pleasure as always, Drew. Thanks so much for this, man.
1: All right, here you go. Take care and uh, best of luck with March Madness.
0: Quick break to tell you about some big news for the podcast. CoolBet.com is the presenting sponsor for the Windows March Madness coverage. What does that mean for you? Free money. If you're looking to try single game sports betting for the first time, or you're looking to add to your sports book repertoire, CoolBet.com is offering to double your deposit up to $200. There's a link in the description of this podcast, or you can find it on my Twitter feed, at MRusAuthentic. Otherwise, simply go to CoolBet.com, create your your account and enter the promo code window to double your deposit now back to the betting it's sheldon alexander from the on blast podcast network shell how are you buddy
2: I'm good, man. I'm good. Still recovering from, uh, you know, a tough time at the Super Bowl, but making it back with the NBA, riding the wave of the NBA season on a bit of a heater right now on the NBA season. So just trying to ride that out, hopefully bring that goodness into the madness of March. So here we are. Okay, let's go.
0: Uh, Yeah. And listen, I, you know, not one to get in the way of a heater here with a different sport as, uh, as we've had an uptick in hockey right at I mean, probably the worst time um, because we have a sort of a lack of focus on that. Um, So, you know, calendar is what the calendar is, right? The calendar wants what the calendar wants. And it's time for some March Madness. Uh, Scale of 1 to 10 here. How fired up are you?
2: The words March Madness will always at least get me to like an 8. Once that, you know, once noon hits on the first day, no matter what, it's at a twelve. I can say whatever I want. I can have whatever, you know, holdups going in or whatever, you know, lack of knowledge just because a bunch of craziness is going on outside of college basketball. Do you know what I mean? But No matter what, when that first game tips off, we're all locked in. We all have bets placed. Everything is just great in that moment.
0: So, uh, you know, I sort of ask everybody here, you know, what are your a betting perspective because of course you know we all you know open to any you know March Madness tease has all the same shots right and those are really great from a historical standpoint I'm not going to lie to you a couple of weeks ago middle of the afternoon did I go to YouTube and just type in March Madness yeah I did (laughs) and it was probably the best hour and a half uh you know of my year so far and listen all these different mixes like they were pretty much the exact same shots Uh, I enjoyed it a great deal. And fortunately, or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, um, not very many of those shots were discoveries. You know, personally, the betting are, you know, not remembered for years to come by other people, but they are very personal to us. Do you have any of those sort of in your back pocket where it's like, oh yeah, that game for a lot of us, where it's like, you remember it like it was yesterday type of a thing.
2: You know, it was funny as you were saying that at March Madness moments, I think of the famous Villanova game winner recently. Sure. Like that was what, two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. I just remember being on the wrong side of things. And okay, so yeah. <laughs> I remember being on the wrong side of that, but you know, that's just funny mm-hmm. and you still love the madness, but that's part of it because, you know, as a kid, And as you know, I watch you on a daily basis get mad at our cable subscribers for (laughs) failing to put up games. (laughs) I know you appreciate this as someone who also loves the game of basketball and college basketball for what it is, right? And so when you add, you get old enough to add gambling into that that initial love of the underdog or the buzzer beaters or whatever. yeah, It's just such a great time. And things that stick out to me the most, it's funny. It's being on the wrong side of some of those moments. And the other one that's a funny kind of uh, running theme is teams that I normally fade, right? Mm-hmm. Or teams that I love betting against or whatever year in year out. And mm-hmm. Kansas was a team that I could never just nailed down I always hated Kansas never trusted them and then the one year that I remember saying you know what I'm gonna ride with with Kansas this year Mm -hmm. it was the Ali Farouk Manesh yeah just tearing apart the bracket and again making it through a weekend where my bracket doesn't survive the first weekend (laughs) of the tournament so those are my memories of the tournament and yet despite all that here for another beating man i have here in right. i have
0: that same i have that same recollection and you know i sort of talked about the youtube clips and yeah the the shot comes up all the time and i look at that and it's not just that year that you know ruined the bracket for me i then sort of get deep into my general kansas-ness um where mm-hmm. normally i'm fading them normally i fade kansas fade kansas fade kansas and then finally you know after you know i believe i believe they had been to a for relatively recently up until that point. And I think the Morris brothers, the Morris twins were on that team. And they had obviously a really good team. Number one seed type of thing. And I'm like, you know what? No, this is the year instead of zigging, I'm going to zag and I'm going to zag right with Kansas. I'm going to take them to the final four, maybe even the championship. Every time I see that shot, I just go Kansas. Every year, it gets me, and I'm and I'm fully expecting Kansas one way or another to get me this year. Uh, anything in the positive department? I know that can be tricky for uh, for people of our ilk to be able to actually remember anything good that happened uh, well, for us.
2: Well, I mean, a huge positive, and especially considering my present company right now, happens to be a couple years ago in which uh, we're all out watching. Uh, Uh, I guess it would have been the Thursday of March Madness of the Sweet 16. Sure. And we're all out watching games, and we're all at a bar, great times, and there's a bunch of games on. And my main focus was on, I can't even remember who North Carolina was playing, but we were all focused in on that game. Okay. I'm not really paying attention to everything else. You know, kind of got an eye up, but not really locked in. And all of a sudden around halftime, I get a text message from your friend and mine, Mr. Lawrence Thomas. And he says, hey, have you seen the email Rusty just sent out? Basically, if North Carolina or sorry, if Syracuse comes back and wins this game, you win the survivor pool. And at that point, there were way too many people left. Mm -hmm. I didn't even like take Syracuse to beat Gonzaga because of like, Oh no. Well, if I do this, I think a lot of people won't do that. And then I'll, I'll," it wasn't even that plotted out. It was just kind of like, well, I got to do this (laughs) because there's no point in saving them or whatever. Right. Yeah. And at that point, I remember looking up and there was maybe like, it was the second half and maybe like 12 minutes left. And Syracuse was down like eight. Right. And I remember saying to the, to the table, (laughs) You know what? All you want is a chance. And I'll take that. I'll take that. You just want a chance. You got like 12 minutes left down eight. Just win, baby, win. Let's go. Yeah. And they come back and win the game, but like just that ride of emotions sure. cuz you know and and you know the the real heads will know. Yeah. That Syracuse zone defense yeah. is just like, they're just all over the place. <laughs> right, the turnovers. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Oh, so hype. And Syracuse comes back and wins. I win, and we're like in this bar, like, and everyone's going crazy. And we're like all like cheering and high fiving. I'm like, next round's on me. Let's go. <laughs> like, so fired up. So, yeah. Good times. Yeah. Good times. And, and, it, and, and That's what, you know, you asked about, you know, am I on what, where I'm at from one to 10 for March Madness memories like that, like being out, like makes me not the full fledged, like, yes, March Madness. Yeah. But there's still something, and I'm happy that there's still something.
0: Yeah, it's right. It's like the, the nostalgia sort of bumps you up a point, but then the sort of bummed-outness of like, oh, can't really replicate that this year sort of drops you back down a point. And that's why I think yeah. uh, pretty much everybody I've asked to this point has settled in on an 8 out of 10 for their uh, their excitedness. But like you said, we'll see come come noon on Friday where people are going to be at. And it's funny that you bring that up because I just talked about the Survivor Pool uh, with my previous guest, Drew Dinsick, and he had never taken part in a survivor pool uh, mm-hmm. year uh, for him. He's, uh, he's in. Yes. And, uh, and, and, I, and that's the game that I reference. That's, uh, that's the situation that I reference because, you know, in the strategy um, of the survivor, right, you have these people that sort of tank it early on to tr- make sure that they have all their options for the Sweet 16 and then potentially the Elite 8. And you were sort of a victim that year of doing too well. Because you didn't have, you know, you didn't have to rebuy at any point. You hadn't lost up until that point. And you had sort of backed Mm -hmm. yourself into a corner. And when I send out the email at the start of the day, listen, there's four games. So there's, you know, however many permutations. I should know that based on my, you know, grade 12 uh, statistics class. Um, But there's all these different permutations and who's left. And seven people have this team and this team, eight have this, whatever. So, like, it's completely understandable. After those first two games where, like, you know, one favorite wins and the other underdog, you know, wins and knocks out a bunch of people that, you know, you wouldn't realize that, oh, my God, I'm going to be the last one standing having won both of my picks Mm -hmm. if Syracuse wins. So, like, it's not insane. Oh, wait. I didn't know because like, it's that kind of tricky when it comes down to it. There's a bunch of different ways that, that can go. So uh, the thing with the survivor pool, you know, like we talk about Kansas bra- uh, busting our bracket and I'm pretty sure that was a Sunday uh, in that, that year in the but it's the thing that because you can rebuy on Sunday morning, all you have oh. to do is get through Sunday or in this case, Monday this year. Uh, and then you have something to be excited about for the sweet 16, right? Because you're making, you know, you have to sweat your two picks for, you know, normally the Thursday, but in this case, it'll be a Saturday, Um, you know, throughout (laughs) the whole week, right? And like, that's part of the fun. Like it's sort of redoing your bracket in a small way because you do have to plan it out. And so that's, to me, the best part about the survival. you have won it once. I split it one year uh, in, in a weird year where we, I think we just decided to keep going because everybody lost on on a Sunday, and we're yeah. just like, should we just keep going? And I was like, Ur. And then we got to the end, and we were splitting it between me uh, and another gentleman that uh, you and I work with. Um, so, you know, if 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 you know, without further ado, if you're ready, um, should we talk bracket here?
2: So here's the thing, and I kind of teased you on this before we started recording here, mm-hmm. and you might not even remember this, but a few years ago. You really changed my March Madness life. Oh, boy. And you might not even remember this. You might not even
0: know this. (laughs) Here we go. But
2: every single year, what would happen to me is, you know, everyone, you're entering, like, however many brackets, right? Mm -hmm. Bracket pools. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this buddy has one. You got one at work. You got one at your friend's work. You might have one at your spouse's work. And you end up with, like, four brackets, And sometimes you're going to fill out just one bracket and enter that in all the pools. Sometimes you're trying to hedge yourself, right? And do like, oh, well, I kind of thought this team might make it through, but just in case, let me take this team through on this bracket. And by the end of it, you have like five brackets going out there, but then you add in the gambling portion. And I remember I'd be watching the games and I remember talking to you and I'd be like, It'd be hey, this game's on right now. Whatever, Syracuse against BYU. Whatever, I'm just making that up, right? And you'd and you'd be like, oh, what do you got in this game? I'm like, well, you know, I took this team plus the points, but then on my bracket I got this, but then on this bracket I got that. And I remember you, you were like, dude, but like, which one are you valuing more? Like, which is like, what's the main one? Like, you're kind of just like hedging yourself all over the place. And I'm like. You know what? That's true. And I realized that in that moment, I wasn't really enjoying the madness because I was so attached to a bracket that I put like 20 bucks down on. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm here gambling and gambling whatever amounts of money, you know, mm-hmm. buyer beware, enter at your own risk, <laughs> right? Right. But like you're gambling and doing all these things that have no correlation to your bracket right. or you know, sometimes minimal sure. correlation to your bracket. Sure. And then you realize you're just throwing away, let's say, a hundred bucks on like five different bracket pools, right? <laughs> right. right. When you could be using that hundred bucks to fund the gambling <laughs> okay. and the making of money on particular games. <laughs> so and and hold on, I said all that without even including the survivor sure right so now think about how many different things you could be rooting for on a particular day and i was just spinning in circles yeah and you simplified things for me so you know what i don't even enter bracket pools anymore not at all i'll fill out not at all i'll fill out a bracket i'll fill out a bracket just to know like what my thoughts are Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like oh i think this team can go on a run i think this is my final four you know what i mean but like i'm not entering bracket pools I'm using that money because, and again, my bracket is done after the first weekend anyways, right? right? So focus in and save all those funds. Again, the hundred bucks that you would spend on five different entry pools and have that money into the funding of you betting all in on this 12 versus five upset. Now, like think about this for a second. Hold on, hold on. Think about this for a second, right? (laughs) We all sit there and say, 112 is going to be a five. We know that everyone's betting on the 12 versus five upset every single year. Uh So instead of just being happy that on your bracket, you were like, yeah, I picked this upset correctly. How about betting money on the 12s beating fives <laughs> and using that money to then really celebrate when a 12 beats a five? Because you know what? You want money. Not, oh, I got some points in a pool I'm going to lose in a couple of days anyways. <laughs> but aren't you terrified and of the
0: day of the year or, you know, the tournament where you nail it with the bracket? Like, I, I, and maybe gonna...
2: not. Listen, right? <laughs> and on, maybe, not, on, it's,
0: maybe it's not a four. I have to enter four brackets, you know, four different contests. blah 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 blah. But like one ten dollar bracket pool, like you to throw it. Oh, You know, you know. I'm sure through I had years this and years ago, but uh, I guess fair enough. Through
2: years and let, let's just say this: it's almost like playing the lottery, right? And so you're let's let's be honest years and years of ripping up my bracket and i'm going back to the traditional you know tournament starts on thursday right years and years of i can't even tell you how many times i haven't ripped up my bracket by that monday oh yeah sure. so of like what, so what what are we doing here, right what it's are we doing not, the goal right? is to in- the goal is to enjoy each game separately and not be swayed by, oh, well, I have this team on my bracket. No, 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 no. Just tell me what the line is between Virginia and Ohio, right. and then I'm going to bet accordingly. Not I'm not being swayed by, oh, well, I have Virginia going two games on my bracket, but on this bracket. No, 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 no. Get well to the money so i i mean I think, and yes you can do both you i can
0: think do there's a, i think there's a middle ground here certainly right like my i, I would say and i thought this is where we were going to go with it and i was hoping you were <laughs> um is, is my saying here and this is the first i've said it on the podcast here but okay. i have okay. a firm belief if i was running for sports czar as the as bill simmons used to say uh one of my mm-hmm. main platforms as we hit march madness would be one man one bracket because, you know, Ooh, people, I like it, well, because people start, you know, oh, I'm going to do this on this bracket and this on this bracket. And the only way that's actually ex- is if you play in a like 10 person bracket pool and you play in a th- bracket pool because you have to have different strategies for each one, right? Acceptant in the one where you're trying to beat at that. But by large, if you come up to me and you're telling me, well, I've got, you know, we're sitting around Friday, there's a going on a run here. And somebody's like, well, I have them in one out of my four brackets. I'm going to be like, you've, you've missed the entire point, right? The entire point is, (laughs) we all get to pick our numbers and then just the best there isn't, because there's too many permutations speaking again of permutations, but isn't, you know, there's like, you know, they say there's 64 million combinations. It's like, okay, there's not really 64 million combinations. Still probably like 10 million combinations. Right? Because obviously, like when they say six, thinking Norfolk has a chance to win the entire thing in those combinations. So there's a ton of different combinations, and you're not going to cover them by having th- so you might as well, in a world where you know we're trying to predict here, you might as well just make your bracket and live with that bracket. Now in your case, I, you know, you say you make the bracket because, you know, you have to plan Survivor out a little bit too. And, you know, maybe you're looking forward to matchups that you want to bet on, all of that kind of thing. But it's like, I would be terrified that my ship would come in one day because you can play in a 10 bracket challenge that has 200 people in it. And, you know, you end up winning 2000 bucks. But if there's 100 people in a bracket challenge, just statistically, you're only going to win that one out of every 100 years. Right. And so it's like (laughs) that you should have won one by now or, you you know, like I haven't won a bracket challenge since Carmelo Anthony won with. Okay,
2: Hold hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not even talking about, but we're talking about two different things, right? Yeah, you're talking about chances of winning a bracket, having a good bracket. I'm talking about me just in competition with myself to not rip up my bracket and throw it in the garbage. (laughs) Sure.
0: Oh, right. Like I'm
2: saying, I'm not even close. (laughs) You can
0: have that competition for ten dollars, and then maybe you get lucky this year for uh, you know for a couple grand if you find the right pool. And listen, if
2: that's fair, that's fair. Find
0: me. uh, I can hook you up with. (laughs) <laughs> i can put you in a pool today um so okay um, let's,
1: let's, you know,
0: fake bracket <laughs> real bracket whatever whatever you like here and maybe you want to frame it by sort of a round you know first round you know who do you like as an you know, who you might sprinkle a money line on who you're looking for looking to back uh on the point spread so let's talk about this first round here obviously so- plenty of you know 12s 13 that are certainly eligible for backing here as under 10-point underdogs, right? If you're under a 10-point underdog, you got a real chance to yeah. win the game. So who do you like in this first round, just, you know, so, in your minimal research so far?
2: Here's the thing. Here's, here's one thing I'll say, right? How do you – there's certain teams that – and I'm going to say this right off the bat because I know that a lot of the momentum going into this tournament is Gonzaga versus the field. hmm right like I've seen that a lot
0: yeah well the odds I that, will, right? it's plus 200 for Gonzaga for sure. to win the tournament which is outrageous I'll even say that
2: for sure and in my mind and I know this I get that they're a good team I understand all of that I will not ri- I give me the field sure I will not ride with Gonzaga like that and be like oh there's no chance they make it I or there's no chance they lose mm-hmm. right mind you their path, because you're you talking about first round upsets, if we start in that region, mm-hmm. in the West let's region, you said first round upsets, right? I'm all over UC Santa Barbara and Ohio. Mm-hmm. Let's go. go. Let's <laughs> roll. Let's take right. that. That means that obviously Gonzaga's path, you know, Missouri or Oklahoma, they should win that game. Mm-hmm. Cool. And their path, making it to the Sweet 16, if you're t- telling me they're they're facing a 12 or a 13 seed in the Sweet 16, sure. cool. There's Gonzaga. Merry Christmas, to you, right? I think that's a thing where we can we can all see that. Sure. There's nothing any anything crazy about that. But I don't believe in I no okay. no 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 okay. no. I, I, I see them going. I see them going fairly far. Yeah, yeah. this is where you know we're talking about the process that I was just saying to you about you know well can. Uh, me filling out a bracket and me not filling out a bracket. Mm -hmm. This is where you fill out the bracket because I can say I'm not like Gonzaga being the overall favorite, just like that, that easy, that they're plus 200. That's it. In my mind, I'm like, okay, well you still got to fill out the bracket to be like, where do they lose? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Right. So, so we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Right. So as we continue in that West region, Mm -hmm. right. Let's be honest. Do we think this is a difficult region? Because I don't. Like no. Iowa, I don't think is that good. Right. Iowa will like get through, but I don't I'm not fearing Iowa. So Gonzaga kinda has a very easy path. And I think that's lucky for them in that situation. Cause I'm not a believer in mm-hmm. Kansas. Yeah. Right. Virginia, I think, will be in tough, right? And as I mentioned, I think they lose, Mm -hmm. right? But we're assuming they beat Ohio. And then can Oregon make a run? I know you were all over Oregon. (laughs) I know you you enjoyed that ride in the Mm Pac-12, right? But, you know, you look at that, and and it's a weird, weird place where I just can't ride with Gonzaga all the way to the the final, but I think they got lucky because – of those first two round upsets in terms of UC Santa Barbara and Ohio, and then having, I think one of the weakest number twos sure. in Iowa, no matter how far you think Iowa is going to go. I think if, if, if they were to in fact make it, which I think I'm going to take Oregon to beat them. Okay. I still think that, you know, Gonzaga has that path to at least, at least get into the elite eight, if not final four, fairly easily. Okay.
0: So, I mean, that's all fair, right? Like, I think that's pretty sort of standard stuff where it's like, okay, like, if you gave me the field, I'm going to take that because, I mean, obviously it depends on the price, but, you know, by definition, Hashtag it's math. like the field, yeah, the field <laughs> would be minus 250, right? If Gonzaga's plus 200 to yeah. win, the field is minus 250. So, of course, the field in general is the favorite, and I completely understand that. So, not to put them in, right? So, like is that what you're doing um and just sort of you know into obviously the final four because we have three of saying okay like gonzaga would still be in my final four but like my head is on a swivel because like you think that they would could go out earlier than that or that like and once you get to the final four
2: so here's here's my thing too right where not allowing a bracket to skew mm-hmm. me because In all the games that Gonzaga plays, I'm staring down that what the spread is and taking the points. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like they can get not like craziness is going to happen. What we've learned over these past few years of the March Madness tournament, where things have obviously changed, right? You have the you don't you're not having the like crazy one and duns anymore. You don't really have like. I mean, there's a tournament without Kentucky and Duke because that's how much the game of college basketball has changed. Meaning there's going to be random teams that like, you know, are going to surprise a lot of people and make crazy runs just because that's what this is. Now add in a year where COVID eliminated some teams schedules, like some teams played way more games than others. This is going to be a wild card year. So if I'm saying I don't believe in Gonzaga, my thing is more so focused on forget about the bracket for a sec, and now I'm looking at what's the point spreads gonna be in these games, and I'm gonna be hungry taking okay. the points, even against even against chasing chasing Purple chasing state,
0: state winner. You gonna get that plus, 30? No. <laughs> like, plus like, thirty? No, but seriously, like like if it's plus thirty five, like I mean, you know, maybe right? I mean,
2: it's a lot of points. I mean, I I would have to. <laughs> In all honesty, I have to dig in and do a little more research on. You know, I'll, I'll take in that Norfolk right. App State game and do a little more deep <laughs> dive into that. Check <laughs> After out the that matchups. Game goes on. The Mountaineers.
0: <laughs> like, oh, I right? think these Mountaineers got to show up. Like,
2: I don't know. I don't know if you or your listeners are familiar with uh, the bit they do on Lebitor, where uh, they just make they make fun of college basketball coverage because really, there's like there's a handful of people who really, really watch. Right. And I'm removing the gambling. I'm removing gambling people from that because obviously gamblers have been on, like you're on it and you're watching from the start of the season, but when the mainstream jumps on and most of what people are going to watch, they do this bit where they just pick a random team and they throw it at Stu Gotz. So they'll say like, you see Santa Barbara. And then he'll just like, Go off on a tangent. He's like, Well, you know, senior guard play is really big in this tournament. And you say like the most like cliche sure. yeah. things ever, right? And it's like, you know, senior guards always, if you have a senior guard, that's gonna be the key to win. And they've got this kid named blah 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 blah, blah. And then the other thing is saying the coach and them boys, <laughs> right? So it's just picking out a team and then being like Rick Patino and them boys, mm-hmm. you know, he's gonna have them ready for this tournament.
0: Well, and that's it. And that's okay. Well, speaking of Rick Tino and them boys and Jawan Howard and them boys and Will Wade and them boys. Let's go down to the East then. Um, you know, are you a Will Wade? Uh, guy I'm a Will Wade is an atrocity. I mean, who's a Will Wade guy. It's, it's not a person. It's not a person that's like, you know, who's just... underrated. Will Wade. Because if you need a guy to stand there with his arms crossed, with his arms folded, watching his team take <laughs> atrocious shots in the last five minutes, Will Wade's your guy. Like, that is true.
2: I just I I was clearly just pushing your buttons, man. I know <laughs> I just,
0: Will Wade. I know. I walked I know. right into it with even just mentioning Will Wade. Uh so what what do you got it's what true. do you got for the Spice it's in the East? Is you know
2: So Spice in the East, I got I got uh Michigan making a oh. run. They should at least make them the elite, eight, okay. I think, right? And I know that, you know, even dealing with injuries, that's gonna be a thing for them, and I get it and I understand it, but I just don't know if they can be knocked off before then you look at some of the things like your your aforementioned your boy Mm -hmm. will wade a a dangerous game seed. but i don't know if they play enough defense consistently and you know will wade is one of those what did we used to reference it as roll out the role yeah we got
0: rick barnes we were like roll it out rick (laughs) ricky barnes
2: yeah oh yeah Ricky Bards. That's I, don't guy, that I don't even know that he rolls the ball. I don't even know that Will Wade rolls the ball.
0: <laughs> I think he's just, all he's doing is making phone calls. That's what Will Wade's like primary skill is. <laughs> making phone calls and dropping bags. And that's been proven. So like, you can't even, you know, accuse me of slander. It, you know? Um, okay. So Michigan's going well, further. I'm going to be first. honest
2: with <laughs> you. I'm taking those. I'm taking the Bonneys. Okay. In that LSU game, LSU Bonaventure, Completely I'm on reasonable. the Bonneys. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm going to be going forward on mm-hmm. that. Anyways, um, you know, they're begging you to take Georgetown yeah. at the 12. Like, do you, and I wonder this, right. And and you might, you might have the same feelings or you might completely disagree, but when they're making the bracket, like they're sitting in the room and they're saying like, they're buying into, Oh, well, people always want to take a 12 mm-hmm. seed. So we're going to drop in Georgetown as a 12 right. seed and, begging everyone to take Georgetown as a 12 versus 5 upset, right? Like that's that's yeah. a thing. Do you think they do that um, strategically? Man, Oof, so, I
0: got a lot of takes on that. But yeah, sorry, go ahead.
2: <laughs> so, you know what? If you telling me, if you telling me we're in on that, I'm in on that. I'm, again, as mentioned earlier, instead of filling out your bracket and being happy because a 12 seed wins, why don't you just take that 20 bucks that you put on the bracket and split that up and bet on every 12 seed?
0: I mean, yeah. I'm Listen, just a- you, I mean, you're, you just need two of them to cash right at this point you need two of them to win and uh, and you'd be a, and you'd be doing fine from that standpoint but yeah it is like they took like what's the coolest team we can find right the team that everybody had their starter jacket yeah. back in 1989 and them <laughs> up against a most anonymous team that we could possibly find in colorado now i yep. think pretty highly of colorado and you know so okay
2: but this is what i'm saying yeah, yeah, you know exactly. that but the Jims and Joes just jumping on this weekend. They're like, oh, Patrick Ewing, he was just complaining about walking into Madison Square Garden and nobody knows him. I remember Patrick Ewing. He was pretty good at basketball, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pretty good. Okay. He's a coach now. Oh, yeah. And he went there. Yeah, yeah. And they just won the big, the, the Big East tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. And they're a 12 seed. Let's go. We know that's mm-hmm. how the math is done by the Jims and Joes here, but this is where I come to you and you tell me, no, 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 hold up, Colorado. Yeah. Is I mean, te- and
0: that's fundamentally, and that's why we, coverage, right? Sort of, I mean, almost the day after you and I talk about the Super Bowl, it's sort of like, all right, this is where we start our March Madness coverage because I don't want people to come in and be like, I don't know anything about Colorado because if Colorado's a le- legitimate team, yeah. I want to determine that in mid-February and not mid-March because they lost, yeah. you know, the finals of the Pac-12 tournament to Oregon State, right? And so – or because yeah. Georgetown won the Big East tournament. And you could make a case that, like, yeah. you know, if you watch that final game, Creighton did not show up for that game. They beat Villanova, who had been, yeah. you know, obviously decimated by injury and, had, and, and a quick turnaround um, at that. So, and by the way, like, was the Big East any good this year? Were we all that excited about Villanova even before mm. them? Were people dying to put Crane into their final four no. like two weeks ago? No, they weren't. Right, and so oh, you know, the ACC is down big this year. Obviously, you no know, Duke, North Carolina is an eight seed. Like more from that standpoint, but the Big East is down just as much. And we don't know that the Pac-12 mm-hmm. is some garbage conference this year because we didn't get that same level of you know non-conference type play. And so yeah, from a branding standpoint, exactly. Listen, you're getting here where a lot of people and I haven't looked at it recently the ESPN who picked whom but I'd be surprised if Colorado is even getting picked over 50% of the time right which is kind of insane. <laughs> right. um, let's get down to the bottom corner yeah. of that bracket, though, because this, I think, is one of the most interesting portions of the entire thing. So what do you have in and amongst mm-hmm. this chaos that could involve UCLA, it could involve Michigan State, uh, a BYU team that nobody likes to cheer for, but that is probably underrated, an Abilene Christian team that, if they were then Texas, would be a really live 14 seed, and, of course, this absolute... <laughs> shit show between Yukon, Maryland, and Alabama in the far bottom corner. And we, you know, we mentioned him earlier. And by the way, Rick Petino is involved and he's got a handful of suits because he thinks Sione is going far. Like, and, and he doesn't know how dry cleaning works, I guess. What do you got?
2: So I can't, I can't, you know, my conscience won't allow me to ride with the scummy Rick Petino. I know and I get it. And, you know, the, the crazy part about what's happening with Patino and Iona is, weren't they already pretty decent before they yeah. got there? Within like the okay, yeah. like within the context like of were, the conference, yeah, yeah. In the I mean? Metro,
0: they would win. Well, it didn't matter what happened in the regular season, and they would always win the tournament. New double this year by just not playing for two months and then and getting an eight seed in the <laughs> tournament, and the one seed was like barely above five hundred I think in the tournament i don't even know how they ended up seeding that that tournament, but you're like Iona is an eight seed like yeah okay, they're still going to win this tournament, and sure enough they did, and actually pretty easily, but we don't know much about Iona right this version of Iona under Rick Patino because they didn't play all that
2: much and so I, I liked what I saw from Alabama, and so I know you know, again, in one of those things where people are gonna be like Rick Patino and them boys <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. it's like, okay, they're gonna get seriously killed. though. like that's yeah. a thing that happens here, right? This is what I'm saying, right? So Alabama, like I liked what I saw from Alabama. I thought they looked like a pretty good team. and this whole Rick Patino thing, Besides him being a slime ball, which I know is a lot to say, besides him being a slime mm-hmm. ball because he's a really huge slime ball, but the reality is, the whole reason why people would be picking them is just because yeah, of Ricardino. Of yeah, like, let's be, let's be honest, right? So now it's like, no, move, get out of here, Alabama. Going through now, the interesting part here is, I think Texas is a team that is kind of being overlooked and it's kind of a thing where what you were talking about with the conferences and where people normally want to go to in terms of conferences they believe in and conferences Mm -hmm. they don't believe in and you know I like Texas the thing that really does scare me though is this whole Michigan State UCLA thing so obviously I'm gonna ride Mm -hmm. Michigan State right but Izzo (laughs) like you want to take Texas making that run, but I'm interested to see what, what would that line be? And I know sure. we're bypassing a lot cause we didn't yep. even mention BYU, but what would that line be? Michigan? I State, got North, it. And
0: believe it or not, I actually have all. Do you have any? And going, see, this is why,
2: <laughs> this is, this is why I...
0: second round. <laughs> this uh, is why I love this national final. Feel free. Cause of our... it's just bracket. It's outrageous. Cause I've got it written all out. Uh...
2: BYU. <laughs> You're incredible, by the way. I have You're BYU, Michigan by
0: State, and UCLA all power-rated basically the exact same factoring in sort of public perception Ooh. and branding, right? And so Michigan State, everybody wants Michigan State okay. in this play-in game against UCLA. So that's why this isn't pick 'em. That's why it's, you know, minus one and a half, minus two, right? And then we're going to get to the mm-hmm. next round. And, like, yep. sure, BYU should probably be a two, you know, two and a half, three-point favorite. But, you know you're going to get whoever wins this game on Thursday is going to get regard for winning that game. Right. And they're going to be like, yeah. uh, whether it's UCLA or whether it's Michigan yep. state, people bet that team. And so that is probably going to be a pick em. So it's easy to kind of make a Texas versus whomever type of a line here. And it's also going to be a Texas versus whomever that have looked good up until this point, whether it's a, you know, UCLA, that's already won two games, Michigan state, who's won two games or BYU, who's beaten you know, either of those teams. So I think this is going to be as low as Texas minus six.
2: Ooh, right. Okay. So now, so now that's interesting to me because Texas minus six, you're, you're, you're daring me to take the points, but I like Texas. Right. Do do you know what I'm saying? So I like Texas. So I would roll with Texas in that. And now you're talking Texas versus Alabama. And this is where I think things get really interesting right? Because let's be honest, only the real heads, and I'm not even saying this as myself because I'm not, but I'm saying only the real heads are going to be familiar with Texas and Alabama enough to have the confidence in that team to eventually take out a Michigan and, you know, to take one of those teams to make it to be the representation of Mm -hmm. that region. Right. And that's where I like, and I'm not sure yet, and this is why I'm not filling out the bracket the whole way through because then you end up right. so attached yeah. to it, right? Like, And then I'm focused in on the gambling side of it. So I'd like to see Texas and Alabama and how they're doing in those first few games and then what the line would be, which you're going to tell me in <laughs> sure. a second, I think, yeah. maybe. Absolutely. At least a guess yeah. of what that line would be. But you know what I'm saying? I'd like to see them play and then make that bet confidently going into that as opposed to, oh, well, I picked my bracket. And so now, you know, I have Alabama as my team making it out of this region. So now when that matchup comes out, I'm skewed sure. by what my bracket okay. says.
0: Absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a perfect, that make perfect example. So let me ask you. So you want Bama and Texas. You want that sort of projected. Line. What do you think that line would yes, be? Yes.
2: Oof. <laughs> i have no idea i'm being honest with you i have no idea you could talk to me you could talk me into i feel like alabama should probably be favored by right by, So not i have bama
0: minus two and a half
2: okay i was gonna say yeah. somewhere under three
0: but i was, so I- I was I- that's fine say. i have bama minus two and a half right and so i think what you know what you're saying there is like you could get yourself into a position where you have texas in your bracket and then when the spread comes mm-hmm. out and it's minus one for Alabama and you're going, Oh man, yeah. that's actually like really good. That's a good price on Alabama. Right. <laughs> and you're like, but I've already got, to, but right? I've already got Texas exactly. in the bracket. And yeah, there's still like a 40 to one exactly. chance that I even win because at least my bracket survived the first weekend, but there's, you know, we're doubling points here every round. There's still a bunch of stuff that can go wrong. And so, yeah, like you get yourself caught up and going like, okay, I guess I'm betting Texas plus one because I'm already committed to Texas, even though I think... And, yeah, and that's, but do and you that's, see what I'm saying? That's perfect right? example for it.
2: And that's yeah. where... That's the lesson that I've gotten, and this is what I'm saying. You <laughs> gave me this lesson, and I didn't sure. even realize it at the time. But it was like you run into these things right. where you're just like, "Wait, why am I? J- why am I being jaded yeah. by this bracket? That again, as you mentioned, I yeah. threw in a ten dollar pool, sure. <laughs> as opposed to being like, "Wait, I could bet a lot of money on this game because I, I after yeah. watching this, I feel more yeah, and, confident and, and, in and an alternative. And again, yeah, in an you, alternative... you can do both. Yeah, You can do both, but something else that you always said to me, I'm cutting you off because it's something you always said to me, the difference between perception, right? Public perception skews everybody in March Madness so, so much, right? And that's kind of the thing to realize what you're betting on or betting Yeah,
0: in in this alternative universe, right? You come in to edit suite three and you're like, I've got Texas. I'm like, Mm -hmm. who do you got this week? You're like, I've got Texas in my bracket, but I don't love it. And I actually like Alabama minus one. And that's when I say to you, how much is the bracket pool and you say 20 bucks and I say let it go just bet Alabama you know what I mean and that's how that conversation goes right <laughs> <Yes>. so
2: <clears throat> exactly exactly yeah, let's let's, let's go let's go south let's sure. go south do we want to go to the south so Baylor you know <laughs> Baylor's been a weird yeah, team this year for sure. well yeah. right and I think that I
0: mean, I was going to say like, I was going <laughs> no, like to was
2: gonna no, say COVID, I mean, they've, go, been, go. they've been
0: rattled by COVID. Right. And like, and I was, and I was just going to yeah. say like, you get mm-hmm. it right. Like if that's not like a mad imag- yeah. <laughs> imagine having I to definitely like, pick do. up in the middle of a basketball season, you know, and I don't know how many guys necessarily had it or what their sort of, you know, you know, affectations were and all of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I can't, yeah. you know, sort of make a determination. Like, can you believe they're even back on the court or like, or whatever. Right. But like any season, right. You just stop weeks and you can't even practice like that's going to jam Mm -hmm. you up a big a great deal so yeah sorry go
2: ahead yeah no 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 i just yeah and and that's a that's obviously a big thing right about how we again public perception Mm -hmm. and how we view this team like kind of as you mentioned a roller coaster of not really but you know what i'm saying like there were points where everyone was in on baylor baylor looked like the best team in college basketball people would have been riding with that and then all of a sudden Wait a second. Mm-hmm. Why did they just lose? Or why did their season just stop? And people aren't doing the the deep dive enough to well, understand that. Well, it's funny they exactly say deep dive. because This
0: was a hot topic in our previous segment with Drew because he likes Baylor okay. a ton, especially relative to how many chip mm-hmm. on Baylor. And as the host of the Deep Dive podcast, it's a I nice like sort of reference back mm-hmm. to him. But. Yeah, like it's, you know, we talked about how you can't judge them based on the metrics because like they played a lot of games that were just messed up. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Totally, right? And so you look at that team and the trick here is again, putting up the blue blood program of North Carolina. And then, you know, Wisconsin's still a team that people know is in the tournament every year. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm talking public perception. The Public perception, like, Give me Baylor. First off, North Carolina could lose to Wisconsin, and I wouldn't be surprised, right? I don't even know what the spread is in that game. Haven't looked it up. Mm -hmm. But North Carolina (laughs) is not good. So, But do again, do enough people actually know that? As you said, down year in the ACC, right? And a huge down year for North Carolina. So Baylor should roll through. I feel like they could, because in that sticking at the top there, I'm on Winthrop. Let's go with the Throp here, and even if Villanova, you know, dealing with the injuries as you mentioned before, gets through Winthrop, I still think Baylor rolls them. So, I I'm I'm with you guys on that on that train in terms of Baylor being the team where the way that this season, this college Mm -hmm. basketball season went. You you saw the narrative switch kind of from Baylor to Gonzaga, Mm -hmm. and then Michigan had their run, Mm -hmm. but then there was an injury, right? And so Baylor is kind of the forgotten team, and I love how you described that, and I don't want to, you know, rehash what you guys may have just talked about, but I'm on Baylor. I like that. Don't believe in any of the teams that could knock them out. I like taking Winthrop and another one of those twelve-five matchups again. Instead of entering mm-hmm. that extra bracket pool, just bet the twenty bucks <laughs> <Right>. on all. <laughs> bet the twenty bucks on all the twelve. God, I can't wait to find out the through, results
0: of of, right? of the of the money line twelves. This is going to be a, a phenomenal subplot. So in that bottom <laughs> that bottom half of Let's the let there. Um, do you see anybody? Are you sort of riding anybody out Baylor before the final four? Like who's the who's the one candidate, or is there
2: one? I guess no. not. I'm not. I don't. I don't think so. I think you know the best chance I'd give to Ohio State. Um, I love watching your boy mm-hmm. Max McClung. McClung, Max yeah. McClung. What's his name? I Max McClung. Max. Max. It actually Max might be. be. You're a right. Name. Mad Max McClung <laughs> would be a great. Would be a great nickname. Um, but yeah, Texas Tech. I'm. I, I caught a couple Texas Tech games this year, so I'm not going to act like a, a you know expert on them at all, but. I'm here for a good time of Texas tech, but at the, at the end of the day, no one's challenging Baylor Ohio state probably has the best chance. And I know Ohio state is one of those teams as well, where they got a lot of pub because of what happened in the conference tournament. And okay. I'm still riding with Baylor just because of what you, what you said. And again, I don't want to rehash or attempt to rehash what you guys probably did a much better job. But I'll say, uh, I, think you're I like the right track all right hopefully we all hope we all hope but is is there anyone Um, that you're looking at there like are you like are you on the colgate train or something like that or virginia tech
0: and yeah so i'm going to write a column um or i'm hoping to i shouldn't really commit myself to doing that sort of thing but i'm I'm going to write a column about the five games that you need to win in order to win your march madness bracket right essentially one game each round, sort of the final four and championship, sort of all kind of being one round, right? And okay. um, the Florida Virginia Tech game is the first round game that I think is you know the key game in the first round. Beyond obviously, like if some crazy upset happens and your champion gets knocked out, right? Yeah. Like I'm sort of trying to look at like, okay, what are these really close type spreads? You know, the concept is all right if it's a pick'em game or a close to a pick'em game, you know these are where sort of the fork in the road is for a lot of people, right? We sort of talked about a Texas, Alabama fork in the road right there. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, a lot of people are going to have Texas. A lot of people are going to have Alabama. And like, it's like the wins sort of advances into getting a chance to win the bracket pool and whoever loses, like that's a pretty big kick to the pants in that sort of thing. And so in the first round, you know, you get eight, nine games, but like kind of none of them really matter. Right. No. And because you're like, OK, well, even if you think like a St. Bonaventure has a chance to beat Michigan, it's like, OK, but how much further are you taking St. Bonaventure than that? Right. Like that's exactly. a pretty big matzo ball to hang out there if you're like bon- the Bonnies to the regional final. And, it's like, <laughs> and I don't really think that's the sort of a thing. So I think this Florida Virginia Tech game is going to be a really important game, um, sort of setting that up. So I'll just sort of leave it at that as sort of, okay. again, not okay. an 8-9 game, right? As two teams that, I mean, fundamentally, it's that have the potential to beat the two seed, right? Yeah. And if you beat yeah. the two seed, you effectively become the two seed. And then mm-hmm. your path to the regional final, you know, like you've already sort of gotten past the big hurdle, if you will, uh, on the way to the regional final. So, um, yeah, I'll sort of leave that there. And, uh, and hopefully I actually end up writing that um, at some point so- before the tournament starts.
2: I purposely, I purposely mm-hmm. wanted to end on the Midwest region. okay And it's because this sums up my problem with my bracket that I do from time to time and probably why I as I told you, I'm not doing a bunch of brackets because I know myself and what happens. You referenced earlier Carmelo Anthony, right? Mm-hmm. I love nothing better than a great story and I like star players.. Mm-hmm. Okay? Give me stars. That's Uh what I want. And if we're talking who is the star of this tournament or who could be the star of this tournament, I'm not breaking any news. Nope. But Cade Cunningham is pretty good at basketball, <laughs> Yep. right? I'm not breaking any news. I'm not splitting any atoms here. But the reason why I've saved the Midwest for the very end, and because it's the best example of everything I've blabbered through mm-hmm. this whole podcast and talking to you with, is because this is where my bracket would go wrong. It's because I would just ride the Cade Cunningham train right? till the wheels follow, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's not a successful way to, A, fill out a bracket, B, right. win money. <laughs> you know so, what I'm saying? Yeah. So,
0: so for me, I, and, just, and I'll let you sort of get back back to it here. Um, and, the, and the, you know, listen, the listeners of this podcast know sort of vaguely what I'm sort of going to reiterate here. Um, mm-hmm. But the two teams, there's two teams that, and it takes a lot. It takes a lot for when I'm watching basketball to just sort of blurt out on my own or, you know, sort of with Emily in the room. And just be like, oh, I love this team. Because, like, yeah. you know, like, I'm just as willing to bet a team today as I am to face tomorrow. Yeah. So, right? Like, the idea of just sort of, like, kind of falling in love with this team and betting them over and over and over again, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, is sort of a foreign concept, right? Because it yeah. kind of goes against everything I believe in. Because as I love a team, that means everybody else probably loves that team. And that means the value on betting that team is gone. Right, exactly. and so there's two teams, and in both cases, so it started with the Illini, and I turned to Emily and I said, "If the Illini make the Final Four, I'm buying like bright orange Illinois ball shorts, because I'm a big <laughs> college basketball shorts sort of collector. You will, right? Okay. I've got, um, and so I'm like, I'm definitely getting Illinois shorts if they go, and then you know Oklahoma State keeps you know churning out victories. They you know knock off West Virginia, they beat Baylor. And I said to her, I was like, if Oklahoma State makes the final four, I'm getting bright orange Oklahoma State shorts. And I'm just, so I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to get two pairs of bright orange shorts. She's like, you can't have two pairs of orange shorts. I'm like, why can't I have two pairs of orange shorts? Like, what difference does it make? It's not like I Um... match so she's like you don't have yeah. any orange in your wardrobe i'm like that's precisely the reason why i would get orange <laughs> i'm like what i'm not you trying to dress up as a highlighter here walking around like orange head to toe like i'm ricky fowler in the mid 2000s um on a sunday um so, oklahoma state alum by the way so the irony ah,
2: the irony mm-hmm.
0: the irony of these two teams being in the same corner of the bracket and listen, again, listeners know I've been complaining about this since 701 um, <laughs> on Sunday, but like just yep. devastating, just yeah. devastating for me. Yeah. And so, like, there's nothing you can say about, you know, the, the Cowboy Cunningham, that I'm going to be like, hold on one second. And the same, you know, but for the same reason, like, like Illinois is sitting right there. And like, yeah. I love that team. And I have liked that team since August, when we put 75 to one futures on them in the middle Woo! of summer last year, right? So like, Woo! that's as good of a bet as I'm ever going to make in my life, right? As they're <laughs> sitting yeah. here, of eight to one to win the tournament. And You know, yeah, they might like die by the sword of Oklahoma State. They may even, who knows, right? Die by the sword of that Georgia Tech team or Loyola Chicago. But wouldn't it be ironic for your purposes Mm -hmm. if you're riding Oklahoma State Mm -hmm. in this theoretical bracket and they run in to roll it out Rick in Tennessee (laughs) and Rick (laughs) Barnes pulls the upset to knock out the Cade Cunningham and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So like, these he, are the things that I fear from
2: an irony standpoint. Here's the thing, okay? And this might come back to haunt me, but come on, Ricky Barnes. If the thing that will never that I will never forgive Rick Barnes for is not being able to make a run with Kevin Durant. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like that makes no sense to me at all. How is that possible? That you cannot right. figure out a way to make a run in March Madness with Kevin Durant. Like, the <laughs> ultimate cheat code in the game of basketball.
1: Like right.
2: It, yeah. So, Ricky Barnes, I don't I, – I will never fear Ricky Barnes. But, it's, again, yeah. because it's the madness. <laughs> yeah. And Of that's course it, works, it would be though. Ricky Barnes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that exactly. could be anybody else, right? Like, in exactly. that spot.
0: And it's like, it's Ricky so Barnes true. is just lingering with, by the way – Two first-round picks on his team. Yes, well, right. Like it's, it's not number one. <laughs> right, it's right. Uh, it's not one. You know, it's not one top pick. Admittedly, but it's two first-round picks and a bunch of sort of veteran guys around them. And maybe Rick Barnes stinks at getting the best out of one player.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But maybe, and I don't know this for you know, sort of any you know evidence. But maybe Rick Barnes is really good at stopping one really good player. Right. right. You never know. Maybe. You uh, just bottom, never know. bottom part the of that thing, bracket. Sorry, oh, sorry. sorry go go the,
2: the one thing I want to say too about Oklahoma State is they've shown winning games without Cade Cunningham as well. Yep. And yep. that's interesting, yep. right? But it, it gives you more in depth that at least, yes, Cade Cunningham is really good, projected maybe number one overall pick. Who knows? But there's still more there. Yeah. Now we move to the bottom of the bracket, which I think is very interesting. Um, Clemson, again, fading them. Give me Rutgers there. Uh, Huggy Bear, really, like, Huggy Bear's weird. Like, I I don't know (laughs) what to make a Huggy Bear from year to year in West Virginia. Like, sometimes (laughs) I feel not as much as Kansas, but I feel like my reads on West Virginia are always wrong year in, year out. Like, no matter what it is, whichever way I'm going, you know, the zig, the zag, I'm just wrong. Well, so
0: it's because, of, I mean, for one, right, the style up until this season, or at least the last couple of seasons, right, with the sort of the press Virginia uh, mentality, which they do not do at all this year, it's normally yeah. because of just the, that style of play, right? Like, that's a really yeah. high uh, variance style of play. And he does that because he doesn't have the high-end talent from a year-to-year <laughs> basis, right? And so yeah. it's like it gets to a point where, like, you can upset a team, when you're able to turn them over, like maybe their sort of crux of their issue, you know, offensively is that they turn the ball over a ton. And that's where West Virginia comes in, swoops in and knocks the team off. And you go, man, I didn't really see that coming. Like, is this West Virginia team even that good? And then they go farther than you think they are. And then there's yeah. years where you're like, oh, man, like the press, like this is going to get some team. And then the matchup in the tournament turns in to, oh, man, they're actually playing a team that care, you know, is very careful with the ball. And then they don't.
2: Senior guard play. Senior guard play.
0: Senior guard (laughs) play. And the boys. Um, And and then it's like, oh, like, oh, so they didn't win because they were forced to play a half-court type game. And I think the sort of credit that you have to give to Huggins is that, like, he's not playing the Press Virginia style this year because he looked around at some of the guys that he's got on the team and I was like, that's not really what we have here. Like, we have a better – we have a little bit more talent. We can play – you know, half-court style. In fact, it's better if we do. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've been right in games, whether it was Baylor, admittedly post-COVID Baylor, um, and obviously some just absolute classics with Oklahoma State over the last couple. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, I think on the downside is is, like, they might not have the same high ceiling if they got a good draw, but I think yeah. they're going to be a little bit more reliable this year to sort of, like, get yeah. a couple of rounds. Do you is. think they're
2: trying to set up that Bayheim versus Huggy Bear matchup in that second round? Or are you Again, are, are you in the corner of Buddy Bayheim? <laughs> I, I
0: mean, I fear Syracuse like nobody, right? Like, I just will be okay. like, okay, I'm going to back Syracuse, and if I lose in the first round, I lose a unit, and that's yeah. okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, that's no, fine. I, Like, that's a small price to pay. Because there's more years than not, I'm going to end up winning more units than I'm going to lose on Syracuse. Because if you find your way to the Sweet 16, right, it probably means that you were two and zero against the spread, obviously. You know, if we're talking about underdogs here, that's definitely what that means. Um, So Syracuse getting points like a sort of like kind of an automatic, even though, you know, you know me, I'm a San Diego guy. Like, I would love to back to San Diego. It almost makes it even more, you know, emphatic that I should be betting Mm -hmm. Syracuse here because there's just no way that like a, a favorite of mine sort of from a school standpoint in San Diego State could possibly vanquish Jim and buddy Bayheim like it's double Bayheim here right so like it's just <laughs> exactly. it just doesn't sort of fit here um
2: are you a buddy Bayheim
0: guy or not? no I mean I'm not like I mean like I re- like when he gets hot like he's like anybody else but like he's incredibly annoying as almost as much as his dad is um but again you sort of lean into it right like why let that sort yeah. of bother you because again the worst case scenario is they're out on Friday yeah. You know, him or his dad ever again, right? Or not until next year anyway. Um, okay, so big picture in that bracket. Like, is there you know, if you're you're going Oklahoma State through to I'm riding the final floor?
2: I'm riding I'm riding Oklahoma State the whole way through. I'm riding Cade Cunningham the whole way and and again, I'm saying this based off of a few things. Sure. One, just my normal lean towards the star player let's go Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i'll also enjoy just watching great basketball players do great things but also just the 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 sheer lack of who the hell knows i don't know what's going to happen in this tournament give me the star i'm gonna bet on the star and i'm okay to go down with the star lose. sure right like Kevin Durant, and I'm not comparing Cade Cunningham to Kevin Durant because obviously those are two complete different beasts, right? I'm not comparing them. But I'm saying that year when Kevin Durant lost in, what, the second round, I think Ricky Barnes (laughs) couldn't even get my guy through. But, like, I'm okay with losing because I bet on Kevin Durant to go for it. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that makes a ton of
0: sense. So your final four is what then?
2: (laughs) So my final four is I'm going Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. I'm going with Colorado. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. And, and hold on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It really comes down to the, like, really in all honesty, it's probably going to be someone between Texas and Alabama. Mm-hmm. I just got to figure out which one of those teams I'm more confident in. Okay. That's the truth of the matter. Yeah. Right. The Colorado thing is more so again, if I was filling out the bracket to win a bracket sure. pool, right? Here's we're going off the board. Here. Okay. That's okay. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's and and I hope this is making sense to people because I, I know I'm talking out of my ass here, but <laughs> the reason why I don't fill out the bracket is because you end up being jaded by trying to win the bracket pool. Right. And so I would do things like I'm taking Colorado instead of knowing that in reality, right. as you said. Mm-hmm. My bracket would come down to that Texas Alabama matchup. In reality, right? Yeah, I get it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that make sense? So okay, okay.
0: but if you and as we Colorado, go up top, yeah, if you go to Colorado and you've got what Gonzaga up top, yeah. So we still haven't uh, yeah, found I a Gonzaga spot to Gonzaga. You know, where Gonzaga loses unless Colorado is beating Gonzaga.
2: Well, well Gonzaga could lose in the final. Okay, okay. So the final is the final is what then? <laughs> i'll go with baylor and gonzaga the winner being Bay. ah
0: okay so essentially you time traveled from three weeks ago and yeah which is <laughs> fine like which is totally like yeah, honestly yeah, like yeah. you do very well if you just were in a coma for three weeks <laughs> and just didn't allow all you know didn't allow this like you know recency bias to sort of hit you mm-hmm. right um
2: yeah uh, I, have I have a question for you just an overarching question for you sure do you think would your opinion of what's going to happen in this tournament change at all because of the scenario and just how like odd it is in terms of having to be in the bubble in terms of no fans like do you think you would pick it out the same or are you looking at it in terms of like well this team has you know older players or younger players or right. better coached or and that's going to matter more in terms of how you deal with this situation right i know that's a weird uh, question but no it's a fair question you're just like why are you just, like, just kind of like no i'm just going with this is what I think would happen.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, like we saw in the NBA, right? When they bubbled up like mega hard, it was, mm-hmm. uh, there was a handful of teams that you could just tell were just not into it. Right. And like yeah. that affected yep. them big time. And so I need yeah. really good chemistry on the team here. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or yeah. or sort of like it's just not going to work. So if there's any sort of doubts about that, if there's any sort of un you know potential, like not being prepared because maybe they've missed it. Like, I don't see like maybe if this was a normal year, I would think Kansas is a bit of a sleeper. But like, obviously, there's okay. so many question marks with Kansas. Right. I think Creighton yeah. has some massive chemistry issues. So that's not news mm-hmm. to anybody. Everybody's sort of piling in on those two teams, like getting potentially knocked out um yeah so like that makes a ton of sense right like i don't think wisconsin has very good chemistry right and so i think that's going to be a problem way you know as much as just a gigantic front line for north carolina um yeah but i you know i don't know enough about some of these other teams like you know what how are they going to react so i think it's going to be something that you're going to want to look for and that can be tricky right because you're like you know does this team love each other right like i think illinois is i know illinois and like the other reason that i like them so much is because you can tell that they really enjoy playing with each other and the kate cunningham mm-hmm. thing like isn't a big deal and like you know he's not above everybody else right they like playing with yes. guy. and with illinois yeah. like you can tell like the the old guys who, who stayed out of the draft this season and have welcomed in these freshmen and like the team it like works together in a way that like a lot of other teams would sort of have that divide between the top and bottom parts team and so again that's why it sucks that like one of them can only make the regional final and you yeah. know and so it's like a team like lsu like sure like my numbers really like them because their offense is ridiculous and like they have the best player mm-hmm. on the court but like i yeah. don't know from a chemistry like coaching standpoint like i would love to <laughs> advance them against st bonaventure and then advance them against michigan because i think they have the best chance to beat a one seed out of any So it's like from a betting standpoint, I think this first weekend it's really important to sort of see like okay who's who's there and having a good time with it, right? Versus and sometimes and and a lot of times like anything else in college basketball, it comes down to the coach, right? Like his Fran McCaffrey Mm -hmm. is being bubbled up with Fran McCaffrey for two weeks. (laughs) Like something that you want to do, right? Like I know obviously like Luca Garza is a really great player and like Iowa is a good team. But like, God, that would suck to be with that guy for this length of time. Yeah. And I know they've always all kind of been bubbled up up until this point, but that's been at home. And obviously there was traveling and you're going on the road to play games. And like, it's not yeah. as different as, hey, we live in this hotel for two weeks best case scenario, right? And so maybe it ends up different because obviously the NBA bubble was a different type of situation too. Um, But fundamentally, like I can't make those guesses, right? So it's not not really affecting me from like a bracket standpoint. Um, For me, it's more just like, you know what? If we all agree on the same thing, then it's like, that's kind of the last thing that's going to happen, you know? And sort of just trying to figure out like, okay, what can I believe to happen without sort of getting too wild and crazy and just being sort of knocked mm-hmm. out and does that even matter because you know i sort of preach like listen fi- finishing dead last in your bracket pool is just fine because there was an alternative universe where that means that you won right and and, 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 and <laughs> assuming you're even sort of trying right like you're just you are th- you know yeah like, yeah yeah no i
2: know what you're you saying
0: because like, yeah. it's such a small margin like look at these sweet 16 games that you know i just told you like the texas bama game could easily be a one point spread into the Sweet 16. Yeah. Like, only Gonzaga yeah. and, to a lesser extent, Baylor are going to have higher, mm-hmm. you know, than a possession or two spreads in that second week. Yeah. And so it's like, if the idea think sure. that there's just one right way, there was only, you know, there was one option all the way along, like, that just doesn't... It doesn't make sense in any sport, and it certainly doesn't but, uh, make sense in, a, in an event called March Madness. Like, the word...
2: But this is why... Exactly. But this is why my overall like theme of not being so swayed by what you put into your bracket Mm -hmm. pool, right? Because of exactly what you just said. Now, when you run into that Sweet 16 matchup, that is just a possession, a one possession spread, right? You're not swayed by the fact, well, I have this team going all the way to the final four. You can just look at that matchup and say, well, you know what? When I watch them just play against whomever, this, that, and the third, and you're using that, to make your bet on that yeah. day. And that's been my strategy that has been okay the past few years mm-hmm. in terms of just, Hey, taking it days at a time, you know, this is who I got today. This is what I got rolling. Okay, cool. Moving on to the next.
0: He's time. taking it a day at a time. And you know, honestly, who can blame him? Uh, you can find him at shell. Alexander, <laughs> uh, the on blast podcast network where all of the goodness is happening. As you say, Sheldon, an absolute treat as always, my friend, good luck in uh, all of what you do with regards to March Madness this year, pal.
2: Thanks, my dude. Thanks for having me on. And, you know, shoot or shoot, man. Keep shooting.
0: (laughs) Quick reminder about the offer from CoolBet.com. The offer code is WINDOW. If you're on the site, we do have a link attached to this uh, in the description of this podcast. And on my Twitter feed, I'll have that pinned as well. You can deposit 10 bucks if you want. You know, go ahead, do that. You get $10 on top of that, you make a $20 bet. You can deposit 50 bucks. Now you got 100 bucks to bet with. All the way up to a $200 deposit that gives you $200 back and you now have $400 to bet with and all it costs you is $200. Of course, we have a ton of basketball and other sports, by the way, that you're free to bet on as well, any sport that you want. Uh, They're available also on Twitter, at CoolBetCanada or ask at CoolBetChris, Chris Abbott any questions that you have about the site about any procedure with you know deposits withdrawals all of that kind of stuff they're super transparent over there uh they do a really great job big thanks to drew dinsick you can follow him at whale underscore capper on twitter and of course sheldon alexander at shell alexander on twitter i'm at emrus authentic on twitter until tomorrow i'll see you at the window